Tech Podcast, episode 49. I'm your host, Owen. And I'm your co-host, John. We're going to look at tech under the hood. How's the weather, John? Under the hood. Uh, the weather <laughs> is... Yeah. I feel like now that the Larson C... It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like now that the Larson C shelf has, like, claved... Uh, uh-huh. Okay. I said, like, I'm really going to try. <laughs> York said he's going to make a soundboard. I'd have like a buzzer. <laughs> okay. Now that the Larson's... Well, someone told me the other day it makes me sound very uneducated. I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so now that the Larson C shelf has claved and that um, huge piece of ice the size of um trinidad and tobago has now moved into the ocean i presume that it's gonna melt some degree at some speed and then i think that they said that it's gonna start changing local climate patterns um uh incredibly noticeably within the next five years so new york right now is the most humid i've ever it's like nuts you go like every single person wow. I can't. And then, you know, what's happening is it's crazy. This is the thing that actually gives me a little bit of anxiety. So then everyone's turning their air conditioners. I don't know if you say up or down no. depends on how you think about it, but everyone's making it cooler. Oh, man. I know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <sighs> okay. How the is it? It is when it's humid here. You can't do anything because nobody <laughs> has air con. <laughs> how is, uh, how is Amsterdam's weather? Amsterdam. It's humid and hot. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't even deal, man. We were, we were screwed. I have a friend who's really anti air conditioning, and I love it, mostly because I've never had air conditioning. So I'm my, fully on board with it. My dad did not allow us to have air conditioning growing up. He was Whoa. like, it's not good for the. Everyone else had air conditioning. I was like, f- f- as a kid, I was furious. Now I'm like, okay, good, good <laughs> move, dad. Like, my dad would fill every single sink and bathtub in our house with water to make make heat sinks and before Whoa. yeah he would not no air conditioning and uh and he said twofold really bad for the environment really bad for you and also if you have air conditioning you're you feel hotter like relatively when you're outside which i right, think is right. true so uh, if you're just acclimated all the time then like you'll be fine which is pretty much right and yeah, now exactly. as an adult you're all going to be shocked i have my air conditioning set to oh i can't even tell you what i have my air conditioning set to <laughs> i've been to your house it basically runs all the time shut up <laughs> i know it's so bad for someone who rants about the climate i hate air conditioning. I, I do overuse my air conditioning but i like take bike wherever possible i minimize my air travel i don't eat red meat as much as possible like i do try and offset I, a little yeah. bit I, we, we all have our vices Jim. there we go thank you air conditioning is my vice ah i've admitted it okay we have to move on i can't talk about this anymore ah it's like a therapy session <laughs> oh, it's okay. so good oh gosh well why don't we talk about something very soothing how about talk about the up. ticking time bomb that is ethereum <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so there's two things that happen Start with in the, the world of crypto. Yeah. Well, this is the biggest bestest lulls. I would say this is in my top 10 favoriteest lulls of like technology things ever. What? Ethereum just in general? The the hack, the way the hack happened. Oh, it was insane. Okay. If I understand do it you, correctly, which I may not, but yeah. if I do. Well, do you want to do you want to tell? No, you explain it. Well, Ethereum got hacked and 
Well, it, the whole thing was there was a vulnerability in the wallet software, right? Well, it wasn't really a vulnerability. I mean, it was. It was a mistake. Well, no, it was a it was a mistake in the code, and it's all like public on GitHub. I'll link it in the show notes. It was because something was initialized publicly instead of privately in a function that meant you could exploit somebody's wallet and steal all their coins, take it over if it was online. And so people started doing it out of nowhere. And then... At a- at a more and then some guy level. found out and like did it. He he like white hat hacked all the people with the Ethereum wallet and stole like hundreds of millions of dollars into his own wallet to save them in air quotes. Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody breaking into your house, stealing your TV, and saying, "I saved you." Somebody could have stolen it. <laughs> oh man! Wow, no, it's not. It's more like there's a thief running down the street stealing everyone's TVs. So I'm going to run to the other side of the street and steal all the TVs. It's like Robin Hood, and you tell them you'll give it back later, which I think they're in the process of doing. Well, yeah, I know this. The whole th- it's just absurd. It's the most crazy thing. Okay, but do you know how? Do you know how the exploit worked? I think if I read it correctly, which I may not have, but I think if I read it correctly, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it was because a a private function, a function that should have been private in the code was public. But do you could could reconcile a contract, right? To a wallet. You could could take over the wallet with the contract. Yeah. Which is crazy. For people who don't know about the differences in cryptocurrencies... Basically, the first one was Bitcoin. And then (laughs) after Bitcoin got some adoption, people just like forked it because it's open source, I guess. Right. And made like their own different ones like Dogecoin and Litecoin and, you know, Pushing Coin and (laughs) every coin. But then one legit coin one coin to rule them all uh one <laughs> legit coin that was comparable to bitcoin but had an interesting cool feature in it which was actually not that interesting and cool but for people who <laughs> probably don't know anyway um and you could attach effectively a contract to the currency and so if you did an exchange of something, you could have the terms of the exchange coded into the contract. And then as the um, terms and exchange happens, the reconciliation as it's supposed to happen kind of happens. So the best way to sort of think about the parallel in the real world is sort of like buying a house and a mortgage and having like, you know, right. the brokers and signing things and key exchanges and all that kind of stuff. Imagine just all of that as like an automated function and buying a house. That's basically. a great idea. <laughs> it's cool. So, but I think, so if I understand correctly, the hack was that someone basically figured out that you could arbitrarily execute a contract in your favor and then take control, like have all the money that was in the wallet, right? Yep. That's literally okay. it. And it was literally a one word coding error. That's the insane thing about it is... It just was one mistake, and a whole bunch of people got their not real money stolen. Well, they, yeah, like what was it, thirty-one million US? Thereabouts, which is a lot given that, you know, it was over Look, in the space of a few hours. I'm not going to rant and rave about this stuff anymore. <laughs> no more crypto talk. Well, the thing is, I was just thinking about the real life parallel, and the real life parallel is right. like printing presses, right? Right. 
Why? Like someone foraging currency. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's well, it's more like robbing a bank. But I mean, your biggest risk in a currency is foraging currency, probably like that's probably the biggest risk to current currency inherently, I guess. And so if you take that to the digital version, it's a fucking digital version. So like, what's the biggest risk? (laughs) It's made by a bunch of software developers. It's like, you know, building a printing press, that's good enough to copy like real dollar bill cash. I mean, in reality, it doesn't even have to be that good because you just get it done in tens, I would imagine, and go spend it somewhere in like, you know, where people aren't really checking for that kind of thing and just tumble it. But, but, but open source code that powers a cryptocurrency written by a bunch of like, you know, amateur hackers, (laughs) amateur hackers in their parents' basements for real, for real. You know, like, it's, I don't think that like, you know, I I don't know. I know a lot of great software developers. And I don't know anyone who contributes to a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency open source project in their spare time. I think you have to like be I, a very specific kind of developer for that. I think you do. I really do. And so I really, I don't know. I think I'm being a bit of an asshole right now and a little snarky and harsh, but like, no, but it's like, it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult thing for me to reconcile too because it is just a bunch of coders messing around and making money that's what i I, it's funny because these like cryptocurrency people will rip you apart on the internet when you say something like this but they're like yeah but it's no worse than money and i'm like well money has rules and those rules don't tend to change unless everybody agrees So, so it's I don't know. I, I find that really difficult to reconcile, especially also, did you see that the, um, the guy who co-founded Ethereum this week said he thought it was ridiculous too. He, he basically said, and I quote, that the crypto coin market is a time bomb. Two days before that hack, by the way. And that actually, he wasn't even talking about the hack. He was more talking about, well, he says, so these ICOs are these initial coin offerings where someone like... Can't, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about ICOs. Go and Google them. It's the most insane thing. But ICOs operating in the wild west of finance is not sustainable. <laughs> it's a good quote. If he t- if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, the SEC will say it's a duck. And it's true. It looks like money. It smells like money. It's pretty much money. Dude, I've said this in every single episode about this. This is not going to... I do not believe this. I just can't believe this is sustainable. I really hate making right. like wildly what uh, what people in the bitcoin world would call you know outlandish prediction or something like that but like (laughs) i don't believe that this there's not going to be some i actually and you know what honestly i don't know what's going to be the bigger blow to cryptocurrency regulation on cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency being negated by central banks and countries switching over to a digital currency well, which I doesn't seem unlikely those things. yeah it's like one two so people are like well i mean uh, if you know what you're doing fine more power to you playing this basically day trading you know F- cool yeah i, I mean it's fun that. it's like going the to thing a casino. that scares me though the thing that scares me though is all the like i i have friends who are just like really don't understand the underlying technology who believe it's going to get to like two uh $200,000 a coin or something crazy like that <laughs> yeah they think that they're like no I'm like I'm like 20 years long on bitcoin I'm like that's the, <laughs> literally the straight up probably most ridiculous I mean, thing I've ever heard bitcoin's about to hard fork and it won't be the first time 
if it happens you know like everything is moving so fast it's so unreliable yes it, you can make a lot of money yes it's interesting to spin the wheel but goddamn, you can get robbed and also the the sheer amount of risk you expose yourself to i don't know i can't I I personally believe in crypto as technology, but not what's going on right now. I've been thinking a lot about the dangers of open source technology because, I mean, look, that's not a popular thing to say, I'm sure. But, I mean, when we built cars, we built them to standards and people used them. When we built, like, microwaves, we built them to standards and people could use them. Like, that's the reason that... When you, you don't put die. a light bulb, when you put a light bulb into the light socket, there's a very, very, very slim percent chance the whole thing is going to splash to bits and smash you sure. in the face. And like, you know, like, but that's because it wasn't made by a bunch of kids in their parents' basements. Like, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. like, and I'm not even talking about cryptocurrency generally. I'm just saying, like, we build a lot of technology on random people's ideas that have not a large vetting process outside of the communities themselves, which do admittedly get quite big, but they also tend to be relatively homogenous, which I think results in some level of groupthink, which means that there's a likelihood for some perpetuation of the same type of thing, if that makes sense. And so I think what sometimes happens is you get a lot of smart people making things, but they're so busy like bike shedding over some technicality of like which message queue to use or like what the best like, you know, function is or something like that, that they don't spend very much time even maybe writing documentation for people who decide to commercialize the open source technology in some regard. Right. And so... I think that often there's a gap between open source creators and maintainers and their um, their implementation counterparts. And it takes both of them for open source software to actually be successful. Uh, but we don't do a lot of stewardship. I mean, a really interesting report to read is Bridges and Tunnels, I think, written by uh, at F- the Ford Foundation published it. It's very quite long. Um, and it talks about basically the context of open source software and how widely it used it is in, um, in our modern technology society. But that it's very, it's basically like a group, a very small group of people relatively to the number of people that are are consuming technology built on it, uh, building it. And that, that like kind of is a bit of a problem and stuff, but it's worth reading. I think bridges and tunnels, I think it's called, uh, we can link to it in the show notes. Definitely. I think, I think the thing is like, think of it this way. Cryptocurrency, the technology is interesting, right? What they've built is but interesting, but like it needs to be it, used by companies. Cause I'll take a lot of smart people and put them in a room and say, or be in a room with smart people, sorry, and say, hey, if you were to think about a decentralized distributed like um, reconciliation ledger, would you build blockchain? (laughs) Probably. And the answer is is no. Most people say no. And so then you go, well, what is the advantage of blockchain? And then I think what I always kind of come down to in my head, and maybe I'm wrong, is that they're like... It was the coupling of the currency to the technology that made it mm-hmm. seem like it was interesting. The interesting thing about 
Bitcoin is the mining aspect of it. Yeah. That it gets increasingly right? difficult to and, and that, that creates and that, the work. Right. And so that is sort of like one thing. And you like just throw that in the wall and you say, well, that's kind of an interesting and cool idea. Right. Like. Absolutely. Okay. And then you look at then just but then just completely in a separate lens and light, you look at blockchain and you say, okay, uh, massively distributed, reconciled, whatever ledger, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, transactional concur whatever it is right like i don't it's like whatever exactly that whole set of underlying things that make um that distributed ledger work really well it is interesting right but definitely and then if you think about them combined I guess they are pretty interesting if you like look at them that way it's the technology that's interesting it's not well, it's the ideas behind the technology. That's what I mean. It's like if a bank took the stuff, the ideas behind Bitcoin and implemented it itself, right. and then the system runs it, that's where it's interesting to me. It's not Bitcoin. It's like, this is all a crazy distraction in my mind from what's actually going on behind the I scenes. Agree. Like Bank of America is probably busy playing with the actual nuts and bolts of this well, underneath um, what they're actually doing. Julie, my COO of my company's fiance is the head of strategy for blockchain at uh, jp morgan oh wow and they're thinking about some cool stuff so like right uh yeah i mean they're it's not and it's not a surprise but but they're not thinking about bitcoin but he's exactly but he's not silly he's like okay i'm gonna take these paradigms and these ideas and we're going to think about how we're going to apply them to the things that we do today but that may not be those exact technologies that they implement it just may be Um, those ideas that they implement. Another, if you go, if you want to go look at probably what I think is the most interesting that I've seen yet, sort of packaged commercial, like buy off the shelf, like buy a bank off the shelf, basically in a modern, um, in like a modern context, it's called 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 Vault OS V A U L T OS. Yeah. yeah, like that's get that's so. That I would say, they're, they're, I feel bad for them for their first market mover because hmm. first market mover can be tough, but that's definitely the right direction, I think. Okay, interesting. Well, Anywho. That's enough about blockchain for this week. I want to talk about health wearables being bullshit, John. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this. Don't you think it's okay. just because everyone's figured out it's all going to go in the Apple Watch? Everybody's figured out that. Okay, first of all, so the actual news story that triggered this Every every time I like introduce a topic, it's always uh, what I've written in Trello. <laughs> it's like the title says, wearables are bullshit. Um, so Intel killed their health division. So Intel had quite a lot of people working on, well, they had this uh, smartwatch they acquired called the Basis smartwatch. I literally don't even know what it looks like. But Intel was huge on this. I remember they did a lot of marketing, but it was really ugly and horrible. Um, and this is this is what, two weeks after... Jawbone was rumored to die as well. I read that Jawbone is completely dead now as well. I already thought they were, but okay. So that Jawbone forked. Oh, the Jawbone CEO forked the company. It's the best. That's right. <laughs> he, he was just like, I'm out. I'm going to go and do something else with the same name. Uh, um, so that, what a weird that, thing to do. 
it was so weird. He just ran off all the capital as well. Anyway, so it's two companies that have died. Fitbit isn't doing great either. If you look at, they're a public company, so you can see they're not making a ton of money. And I think you're right. There's two things here. First of all, I think that the fit, the the market for like health shit did exist. And I think Apple swallowed it better than anybody expected, included Apple, including Apple. Because if you look at the Apple Watch, okay, the price point isn't right, but it is the perfect fitness tracking wearable. And then if you don't want that price point, you go and buy a Fitbit. That's it. And at the low end of the scale, so a Fitbit, it tracks, well, your steps and your heart rate, sort of, but not very well. And then, <laughs> and then the Apple Watch does all that and a lot more. If you look at what they're doing with watchOS 4, it's going to work with exercise equipment. It's going to automatically sync with treadmills. It's this crazy integrated thing and i i hate hyping that stuff but i really think the health wearables market was way 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 overblown from the very beginning most people don't care how many steps they walk every day they just want to know what they need to do to get fitter that's all they want to know and the apple watch actually does that i have one massive fear in my professional life it's my biggest professional life fear tell us and the privacy of this conversation (laughs) That one day I build a stopgap technology company. So like Fitbit. <laughs> so something that like you're talking about An like almost like step between yeah. between yeah. Like I never want to build one of that. I like whoa. <laughs> I was so that's actually where my head has went too. But now I've been thinking about <laughs> if it is VR or not. But I think there are better examples. Yeah, netbooks. <laughs> yeah i would say like even Remember i like those? i like these people but like i would say even like something like magic leap was pretty stuff yeah, gap yeah. or yeah, not, not the magic microsoft leap. connect uh, all of that stuff yeah uh there's been some doozies like the i guess really honestly the blackberry was a stop gap technology yeah three four years of huge popularity but that's the thing i think the thing with health was People wanted it. Nobody knew what they want. That's following the puck, not looking at where the puck's going. Absolutely. And if you if you look at what the Apple Watch has evolved into being... Okay, so Apple's focus definitely changed to be more on exercise. I think they realized if they could nail that, people would be willing to invest in something that was also a watch. Whereas Fitbit kind of veered off in the other direction. Um, you know, they, like the way that the Fitbit is sold to people is like this really spotty looking thing and you're supposed to wear this like horrible wristband all day whereas the Apple Watch is something you wear all day and you can go for a run and then you just wear it afterwards I don't know I really I really thought from the start this whole um the whole thing was super hyped that if you looked at people didn't rebuy them people didn't really love them even even on the Apple Watch people a lot of people disappeared on that because there wasn't something to keep them using it so someone asked me i think it was on the slack or something what do you do for sleep tracking because you can't wear the apple watch at night i have a solution for that i well i haven't i have not purchased this thing but um it's called so apple bought a company called friggin frig i can't find the i would never wear the apple watch to bed it's no well you can't (laughs) it's uncomfortable and the battery will die so i googled apple buy sleep tracking pillow but it didn't show up they basically bought a company oh yeah here we go bet it 
Apple acquires sleep tracking company Betit in okay. uh, May. In May, they have bought it, and it's actually pretty pretty nifty. So it's like a little thinger that goes in your pillow. It's fucking yeah, so, expensive, though. Well, I have the I would say sexier version of that, and I really hope that Apple actually Don't buys use that it. word. Sorry, the more I hate attractive it when people version. Describe products. No. I know, sexy. The phone is sexy. I can't stand it. I can't okay, stand driving. The reason. Nuts. The reason I think it's that really Australian nice accents. is the industrial design is really good. Anyway, no, the version I have is the one it was called Sense, and it's like a tiny puck that goes on your pillow rather than the whole thing. But they died, so <laughs> they just went out well, of business. This bed at three thing looks pretty dope. It looks dope, but I don't want something that has to plug in and sit inside my bed. It's so huge. It goes under your pillow, dude. You're not gonna you look. It's a huge long thing. My thing uh, is the size the of a battery. Princess and the pea. Anyway, I totally, yeah, I totally love it. But they yeah, died. they died because uh, it turned out the AWS bills were too expensive. Anyway. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> a reason to die. Holy crap. Can I tell you for a second? AWS is so expensive. It's I was insane. looking at our AWS bills the other day and I was like, I uh, almost, like, I can understand why people go, I want to run my own hardware. It's so much cheaper. It's so much cheaper. But I, I will say this. We managed to get our bills down so low by doing Lambda Kinesis oh, SQS right. into their new store and then flat files into S3, deprecate mm-hmm. over time into Glacier. We can do like insane amounts of, of city data for like, right. you know, 10 bucks a day. So that's a good way to do it. Interesting. Holy shit. The bit thing is really expensive. Yeah, no, I know. And That's if you are in a relationship, you have to buy two of them, which is $300. Uh, like the, so the sense thing. It is a first, is, but I mean, come on. Like it's such a first world product. It's the most first oh, world definitely. product. I'm going to monitor my sleep to see I'm if I'm going to monitor my sleep helps. so I can sleep better. Yeah, at least I you're not sleeping on the street. I've got a score of 90. At least I'm you're not sleeping it. on the street. It's I wonder crazy. how people on the street monitor their sleep. Oh, they don't. Oh, but so anyway. the quantified self movement loves this stuff. I, I'm, I mean, I love quantified stuff. I think that it's, I think it's important to stay a little down to earth. Definitely. Anyway, Talking so about sleep health, tracking. health widgets are bullshit. It's the TLDR of this. Okay, we got uh, two more topics, John, and we got a very oh, tight time it. schedule. Okay, Lyft. Tell me about Lyft getting into self driving, which I couldn't even believe, by the way. So I am now able to talk way less about this stuff. Unfortunately, why? <laughs> Because of the work I do. Oh. But can you tell us what happened? Yes. Our investors are... One of our investors is Fontanalis. Mm -hmm. Fontanalis is also an investor in Lyft. Seed early stage investor in Lyft. Interesting. And also an early stage investor and investor in Newtonomy. Ooh. And Newtonomy is the company that Lyft has partnered with to do fully autonomous self-driving taxis in Boston. Oh, wow. Now, before we get into it, I would just like to say that all Boston sports are terrible. (laughs) I hate all of the teams. Brutal. Red Sox, all of them. Bruins, the Bruins are the worst. The Bruins may as well be a Canadian team. And as a Leaf supporter and a Blue Jays supporter, I'd just like to say, before we talk about Boston, because I just have such disdain for their sports, 
I hate Boston sports. Okay. Sports ball. Boston is giving (laughs) Lyft and uh, Deuteronomy the ability to have some street space to do self-driving taxi. So that's cool. I will just say two things. I just got back from San Francisco. Oh, nice. If everything, I was there for last week. If everything goes to plan, I'll be able to say some cool things on the podcast in like seven episodes from now. Hurry up. Okay, uh, but I'll say no, two I mean, things like, that I came. Wish I can't wait. <laughs> okay, but two things that I think came from that trip that are interesting. Things are moving way, 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 way faster than anyone knows on self-driving and all that kind of stuff. I think people think that it is five years away. Right. It is within over the next few years. You know, cities are going to start to implement streets for self-driving. The, the amount of industry pressure right now on like in, into bureaucracy, into regulators, into cities, it's like straight to mayors, it's straight to city planners. Like it's not. So these things are happening faster than people think. San Francisco, California is already converting in the process of converting lanes upon lanes upon lanes um, into lanes that are for self-driving vehicles they're repainting them so that the um vehicles can kind of start to spot where the uh, lanes are and like all this kind of stuff and just like give them added help so that's already happening so i don't expect that it's i don't expect that it's going to be uh too much longer before we see a more wide implementation of all the self-driving stuff really it's that far ahead no, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty quick, but anyway, I don't know. I'll, I mean, I feel like I have to eat my hat on something this week. I can't remember what it was, oh. but there was something that I think it was one of the things you took out actually. Oh, where I was wrong. Really, but self driving. So I think that's moving really fast. And the other thing, I really promise you, mm. please learn about AI. Like no. now, I feel like I should. No, really, like. This is not like there's a few. This is not a drill right now. And I think it depends on how much you actually care about like longer term stuff. Sure. And and like generations after you, because like, I don't know, I, I think at least I will die without the climate changing so drastically that like we can't live right, you right. Know, to some insanely poor standard. Although who knows? But AI is, it's just the thing that's really important to realize is there are a lot, a lot of unknown exponentialities that happen in the AI world. Mm -hmm. And the AI is not just, um, it's everywhere already. It's not exactly. And it's not just America that's doing it. I think that's really important to recognize too. It's a. I would say it's. You see a. You'll see a different level of cyber warfare. Is, almost. There it's is a moon a race. race. Well, I would say. I mean, this is probably not. You know. I look honestly. If ugh, if you think we're not, if people think we're not already in a cold war, like I'm, like you know. Anyway, I don't want to get into but politics. But it's an arms but, race with AI. I mean, that's I. That's how I think. What you? I think, I think the saying. arms race is near getting to a point like the thing about this one is you get so far ahead that 
um, no one can beat you. Right, right. And I can't, I have thought about this for hours of like, well, what is the thing that allows you to get ahead of the thing, right? So like if someone gets to the point where they have gotten to such a level of sophistication and how they, how they, how they systemize different types of self-learning algorithms and deep learning Mm -hmm. algorithms together then well it's it's um, then like it gets to a point where that positive feedback loop gets so intense that even like the time is the thing that is the differentiator well it's not even exponential anymore at that point it's 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 something else altogether it's it's i think it's a sense i read someone i was reading a government briefing to this to dod or something like that someone called it a centuries wide advantage right now i mean but even in the space of days but (laughs) so the thing that scares me more than that is so i actually so i like so i had dinner with some some folks that are like really in this world to like a very deep degree. Mm-hmm. And I said, the thing that's the most like really we need to think about very, 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 very carefully is the coupling of quantum computers and right. um, an AI. And, and both of those things hit sort of one, two, I think, I think we're we haven't really even basically begun to think about there that. in quantum computers. And well, and they said, you're wrong. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so I, and so I might be wrong. Um, but my thought was, well, cause they said, well, basically the only thing that, <laughs> so this was kind of why I, so I was like, well, well, here's why you're wrong. <laughs> they were like, well, the only thing that quantum computer is good for is, and then blah, 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 blah. And, um, so that doesn't really relate to how an algorithm runs because uh, right. that needs a lot of, a lot of computation. Mm-hmm. It's like and I, but I was like, uh, if you were a neural network that needed a really fast abacus next to you, you would the use quantum it. computer would be the fastest abacus that you could provide to, <laughs> right, right. to a, art, right? Like, it's not so about it, it not like, working. No, it's not about, it's not about it itself. It's not running on the quantum computer or on the, the AI is not running yes, on the quantum computer. The AI is running on a classical, a very fast classical computer, which that was their <laughs> second point. We don't even need quantum computing because at this point we've got to the point where like these people are like actually genuinely scared about where things are, right, about how right. fast the computers have gotten and how fast and how good the neural networks have gotten. Mm-hmm. But and my point was, yeah, then attach a, attach the most amazing calculator to that and allow the, the neural network to outsource its computation. <laughs> it's to the, a, like, and, a nightmare. Well, one guy was like, uh, yeah, well, anyway. And then we, and we literally changed the conversation. I don't think, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it goes back. I don't, you probably didn't read the wait, but why post about this, but it's, you, you we, we stand at the precipice of something that you can't even comprehend the scale of how fast it accelerates away from you. I genuinely think that people should write to their government officials on this one. 
right and ask for and ask for regulation Anti- antitrust will, will not matter no yes they that's accidentally right make an ai i genuinely think that people should write to their senators and congress people and just this was this is one of the ones like, where can the government highly, even comprehend yes, this? this is yeah well they're starting to oh for like, sure they're starting to are they gonna be what can they do though how do you regulate that like Please do not accidentally make an AI that does things no. on its own. I, no, like, look, the most important <laughs> thing right now is oversight, and there is yeah, no sure. oversight. Nobody so knows the, what everybody else is doing at if all. If you are, basically, you should not be able to, you should not be able to move towards commercializing some form of artificial intelligence right. without, like, Basically, you would never be able to commercialize this thing if you didn't introduce, if you didn't give, get, Im, if you didn't implement oversight in the beginning, and yeah. therefore you would decentivize the long. In theory, you decentivize the long term commercial. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, but well, it's kind nah, of what happened in the UK, right? Cares. I mean, they had the whole the NHS gave all that data to Google's AI, and then the government was like, uh. What are you doing? <laughs> so, I'm way I'm way more concerned about governments to be honest and like right. state but I mean look at this point I mean at this point it's just like I don't like there's not much that can be done like it's just you know this is going to this is going to unfold but also robots are getting so good <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Those like robot tournaments in Japan are insane. I don't know if you saw the video. Did you see the Disney robot? No. Disney has a robot. Well, I've been talking about Disney robotics forever, but Disney yeah, literally that. probably has the like. Go Google Disney's new robot and then prepare to be scared. Uh, I'm just googling it right now. I'm I'm, I'm nervous. Oh, oh, I'm really I'm glad so I bought a whole bunch of this. Disney shares. Right, <laughs> just you did? Now. Yeah, I bought a lot of Disney shares this week. I'm 100 percent on board, man. Thank you. It's all you. Oh just God, as a, it's well, a crazy just as robot. A, just as a side note, though, I think there must be some like I don't want some like government investigation people coming to me saying that i'm giving stock advice or some shit so like i'm sure whatever standard disclaimer that we're supposed to do that meets every government like thing that says we know nothing about what we're talking about no but like i bought disney shares based on what we've talked about a lot the fact that disney's doing this kind of thing and that they unveiled their roadmap this week and it was insane what's that did you hit play on that robot yeah it's creepy (laughs) but amazing you know what it's amazing it's gonna be so cool like i i really have i love amusement parks i love dude it's incredible roller coasters i love bumper cars i love the teacups i love it all but when i get to go to the new disneyland with the like i can't wait it literally looks like a human actor it's crazy it will be fun to be a kid again it literally looks like a human actor like can you imagine going to Disneyland and not being able to tell the difference? That is dope. Because all the robots and, and Disneyland when I went was like, like. <laughs> so then that begs the question, how do you know that I'm not a robot and you're oh a simulator? God. Disney already figured it out. You're in the ultimate ride right now, and we're all here just oh serving, my your, God. serving your reality. Uh, it's terrible. I started, okay, I have one last thing to say, and then we have to finish this. But. 
I started having like these um, weird things now that VR as well is getting really good. So I have the HTC Vive and a couple, of, a lot of high quality stuff's coming out right now, right? Dude, I was in there for like three or four hours the other day playing some new game, whatever came out, and I came out of it and I was just like, I can't believe that wasn't real. Like I'm not Straight okay up. with the like fact that I came out of this thing and like I was talking to six people in that and it felt like it was real. <laughs> Straight up. Yo, if you can do anything right now, a really fun like thing to do if you want to just quit your job and you're like, eh, I'm like pretty ambitious, but not super, super ambitious. And I want to <laughs> like go and try and build some like crazy publicly traded company, but I'd like to have like seven or eight restaurants type of right. like business in my life. Go buy like an old parking garage or something like that. Yeah. And make a cool little like VR arcade like thing in your in your community. Like <laughs> people will love that stuff. The technology is there. You know, it's probably I bet you could get it going for 100K if you could convince fa- friends and family. Start with like a lost in the room type thing, maybe like a space in a mall or something. And then <laughs> that would expand be dope. It from there. It would be dope. I wish more people they're doing that a little bit in New York. I, I started seeing it at the beginning of or yeah. the end of last year. I saw one here as well. But they're all mediocre. John, come to Amsterdam yeah, and start one mediocre. with me. Yeah. You can do it really good. If you could do like the multiplayer experience, but local, yeah. that would be awesome. I want to play Doom IRL. Make it happen, someone. All right. I'm on it. I'm going to go okay. buy a warehouse. We're going to answer the one question that we wanted to answer. I have strong feels, so but I bet we can do it in 10 seconds or less. Go. So we got a message about uh, remote work from uh, listener Justin just oh my god i'm just gonna say it once more i'm just gonna delete all of that shit so somebody emailed us last week and asked us about remote work it's from justo garcia and he was basically asking like you saw a lot of hype about remote work over the last while right and he started to feel like it was picking up momentum in the tech industry but i noticed that the media is starting to talk bad about it again particularly after ibm ordered employees to come back and work in the office what are your thoughts on that john (laughs) okay so i have two opinions The first opinion is that you shouldn't think that when a company that big says that they're switching to remote work, it's for any other reason than they don't want to say that they're laying people off um, and uh, so it won't reduce their stock price. So it says it's much easier to say everyone has to move into a central office and then you know, five percent of those people. Five percent of those people say that they're not going to do it, and so they go find other jobs. Wow. So that's effectively, yeah. So that is that's sneaky as point. hell. Whatever, that's how you do it. All right, and it's the second second I, thing. Remote work is silly. Uh, it's not really? fun. It's not. Yeah, I don't think it's like a cool thing to say. And lots of people will be rolling their eyes right now, and that's fine. I don't care. So that's actually kind of my opinion as well. I think remote work is harder than people realized. People need to be in an office of, or be able to go no, to an they office don't need of to some be in type. An office. Well, no, it's not that, but like remote uh, so work isn't as easy wanna, as they I think say. What, well, but there's two things one, here. Like remote work full time is a different thing from being able to work remote. Work from home. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, Owen, what, you're smart, man. <laughs> remote work full time is really, really hard on the employee if you don't have it's really hard to on go the organization to, too you have to think the organizational overhead is so intense hard. it's so crazy like constantly be communicating and over communicating and both sides have to do it and if you don't it's terrible 
And so most companies aren't suited for that. You see the exceptions to the rule. Basecamp is one of them where it works, but you really have to buy into the Kool-Aid to make it work. Otherwise, you have to be, I think you really have to be 100% remote or not at all. There's no, you can't have five remote employees. It doesn't work. Oh my God, at DigitalOcean, we had so many remote employees. It made my head spin. They still do, right? I like that was, no, I just, it's, look, at first when I joined, so I like had read all the hype about remote employees and so I was one of the people in the beginning who was a proponent for our remote workforce. And like all of us had read that stuff right. and we were building the company. I joined at like, I don't know, I don't know, in the like after through churn and like stabilization, probably 15 employees or so, 20 employees. When I left, we had near 300 and I was like, look, there's right. no way that we're going to be able to get the talent we need as quickly as we need um, in this market. And it's too expensive in this market. And so true, true. Oh, I a hundred times overtake that back. And that's why a hundred times overtake that back. Because Crazy. The, because the overhead of maintaining that was nothing against the like um a star like super fast amazing best developers you could get kind of thing no way teams the thing is i think people forget that teams are the most important thing in business non-individuals and like and sometimes a bunch of like and functional teams yeah absolutely this is what i say like i say to our our guys like everyone in my company all the time i'm like all i need you to do is be b plus players because this is an a plus team so we're fine Right. And you can all like, you can all rest on each other. And that means you don't have to take it as hard. Right. And like, you can be okay. Mm -hmm. just like not striving to be excellent. If you, but if you value individuals over teams, then I can see the allure. Rockstar developers are the worst. Then I can, well, they are, but I can see the allure (laughs) of remote because you can find you can get some person who who wants to laugh all the way to the bank and make two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year as a software engineer senior software engineer who's like the best whatever name it hot thing right now at whatever hot thing right now to make the hottest thing right now work and they're gonna go work on a beach in thailand and be like ha my burn my personal burn right now is three hundred dollars a month i don't think that's always the case because it does give some people a good life balance and that's the the nice but that's that's a super difference between work from home and remote employee right and i also like sorry i definitely that was very cynical and jaded right there but (laughs) but i do think like there's something to be said for like and even I think if there is a specialist on the team and you're like, this is a specialist as like a, we have like, like if you have internal consultants or whatever, it might be okay for them just to be like, Hey, there are, yeah, but it shouldn't be a forever thing. Right. I think that's I it. Think that is it. I think it's, I think it's that simple. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's true. Next week is episode 50, John. Let's do so, a Google hangout and people can join it. Okay. Perfect. And on that note, where will we you announce can email that? us? Hi, at, oh, I don't know. Slack. <laughs> I'll figure that out later. Slack, Twitter, maybe the email list. I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, email us hi at chargepodcast.com. Otherwise, love it if you review it. 
Otherwise, see you for episode 50 next week. Uh, uh, bye, Biscus. Bye, John. Bye.